0: I felt the exact same way about 25 years later walking into IKEA, the Norwegian furniture store. It wasn't that I loved the furniture, but I was so in awe of the structure of it and how they just moved everybody along. Oh, yeah. Colin Cowherd right there loves the Norwegian furniture store IKEA and says that the Miami Dolphins are basically Costco and IKEA because they're organized. Colin Cowherd. Ladies and gentlemen, doesn't do anything all day. Doesn't know that IKEA is from Sweden, not Norway. This is interesting to see your daily sports podcast about news, narratives, takes, and gambling. We've hit a bit of a lull in sports news. It's kind of a weird calm before the storm, but it is the most romantic time of the year, as I said. However, football is going to soon dominate the storyline. So let's start with what's going on in college football. AP Top 25 released earlier this week whatever this week is, third week in August, I suppose. But we're going to start with the uh, conference realignment crap that can't just, it just can't stop happening. So reports surfaced uh, last week that the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC are discussing an alliance, which from what I've read just means that they're going to schedule each other more, I guess, um, to combat the SEC TV rights. By adding Oklahoma and Texas, the SEC combines... However, many of the top most popular fan bases, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, huge, humongous, crazy, loyal fan bases, which means that more people watch them on TV, which is why a network CBS wanted exclusive rights to an afternoon game with the SEC. The Big Ten has the biggest audience by far. It is not even remotely close. The SEC could probably combine with the ACC and still not be as big as the Big Ten, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. They are ginormous universities. They have massive TV markets in very rural states. So I'm not sure what the Big Ten is doing here. The ACC is a weird conference. It's a conference that's trying to do too much. Like They have one good football team. They have two good basketball teams. And then they have a bunch of schools that don't really do anything well. Um, (laughs) They're not super elite academically. They're not good at sports. They're just kind of fun colleges to go to. I don't know what's going on with them. The Pac-12 is also interesting. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten, people think they should combine because of the Rose Bowl stuff. The Pac-12 is kind of in their own world. They have a bunch of elite academic institutions. Like it's the most elite academic conference led by Stanford, of course. I have no idea what's going on with any of this, but the the most important part of this is that the Big 12 was not invited to this conversation. Without Texas and Oklahoma, it is clear that none of those teams are worth any money to anybody there. I'm sure they'll combine with the Mountain West or something. I have no idea, but all of this, when it happened... All those years ago, it was annoying. What, 2009, 10, 11? That was annoying, and now it's annoying again now. Like, I don't really care about this. College football is going to happen. I went to Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss, whatever else. Whatever happens, happens. I just think some of these teams are overlooking the fact that if you invite more good teams to have to play you, you're going to lose more games. That's true for all of them, basically except Alabama. Okay, Look at the uh, AP Top 25 college football poll. We're going to go quickly. Let's go. (sighs) Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Iowa State. Whoa, that's an interesting piece of news. Iowa State is seven, followed by Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and North Carolina. Weird. Iowa State, Cincinnati, North Carolina, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame and North Carolina have a bunch of people in the media, of course. But Iowa State and Cincinnati being higher than them, that's fascinating. After that, Oregon, Wisconsin, Florida, Miami is 14. USC is 15. LSU, Indiana? Indiana? Indiana is ranked in the top 25. Wait, hold up. Indiana, okay, so so the the Big Ten has Ohio State at four, sure. They're basically in their own planet. Then Wisconsin at 12, right, whatever. And then Indiana is ranked higher than Iowa and Penn State. All right, so it goes Indiana... Iowa, Penn State is 19, Washington 20. Texas, then this is the cool part. Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, Lafayette are 22 and 23. Utah is 20, is uh, ranked 24. Maybe one of these years, Utah will have a, a good year. They seem to somehow be terrible at football. Uh, the teams that just missed out, Arizona State's ranked 25. Teams that just missed out by a couple of votes were Oklahoma State and Ole Miss. Others, a bunch of others received votes. Michigan <laughs> Michigan is trash. They, 12 points. Oh man, they're just not very good at football. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so Oklahoma State and Ole Miss left out. TCU is hanging around there. Auburn not ranked there relevant as well. But Coastal Carolina and Louisiana Lafayette uh, have more than 100 more points, actually more than double the amount of points in the voting system that uh, Ole Miss and Oklahoma State have. So I find that really interesting as well. Utah just can kind of bank on them, them being a top 25 team. More news. We'll just get to some quick news notes. Roger Federer pulled out of the U.S. Open. He needs to have surgery. Just makes you feel old. Nadal and Federer are mortal. Um, I remember growing up, you could watch them. Every, every sports center was essentially the same for like five years. It was, how, especially in the summer, it was Miguel Cabrera is the best hitter we've ever seen. Tiger Woods is unstoppable. And Federer and Nadal, and that um, it seems to be very, very near the end. He needed surgery, so maybe next year he'll be back, but does not look good. Shakari Richardson, the Olympic Uh, Sprinter, the woman from the United States who was disqualified due to positive cannabis tests is now going to race the three Jamaican women who finished first, second and third in the diamond league. If you're a big track and field nerd, it's called the diamond league. It'll happen at where else the university of Oregon. And uh, I guess this is a regularly scheduled event, but we'll get to see how they actually stack up with one another. That's the cool thing about races. I mean, it's just me versus you. We could race. They could theoretically do it in a parking lot and it would still kind of be the same thing all right uh i want to get into some deeper dive kind of stuff let's look at our gambling corner so we talked about how the unders dominated preseason week one 16 games 14 times the total score was under now let's look at the total the, the the scores that, let's look at the numbers right so really quickly uh here are the number of all the unders that hit 37 38 39 36 30. Uh, 36, 37, 33 and a half, 33 and a half twice, 35, 37, 37, 32 and a half. It was the chargers and Rams. And then there was an under 33 and a half. Those are tiny lines. And yet they still all went under Vegas just must have a mental block about putting the unders in the twenties. Because they just they cannot, for the life of them, fathom football teams not being able to muster at least five touchdowns in a game, which is happening all over the preseason. A lot of coaches uh, are starting to get away from the Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick mindset where you play your starters or take it more seriously than other teams. He famously will play Tom Brady for a full half in the preseason, which is, is kind of silly. Sean McVay has like 20 guys who will never see the field in the preseason. It's just not worth the risk to him, which I kind of understand, like... What's the point of practice if you need a preseason game to get ready to the pros? Like Matthew Stafford has played quite a bit of football. But I want to look at if Vegas has adjusted or if they're expecting the teams to adjust because traditional thinking will tell you not to do that again. In fact, uh, the NBC Sports Edge, formerly Roto World, is kind of banking on or they're reporting that people are betting the under. Uh, the bucks, the bills and the Browns are the favorite bets of the week for the sharp people, the Vegas money, but people are now starting to bet the over. They're starting to bet the over, but the lines haven't moved, which is interesting. So let's just go through a couple of them. New England and Philly, the over under is 38 and a half. So they're, they're suggesting that there's going to be at least five touchdowns in this game. I don't see it. Why? So preseason week three was typically the quote unquote dress rehearsal where the starters played and there was game planning people think that this might be that week, preseason week two, and then preseason week three is the one where you kind of round out the back end of your roster. I have no idea what people are going to do for this. This is unprecedented. There've always been four preseason games for years and years. Last year, there were none. And now I kind of think people are just going to do whatever they want. I don't think any of the teams are going to be on the same page. There is one total that's over 40 points. The number is 41 and a half. It's Kansas City and Arizona. Why would you play Mahomes? You know, like, why? What's the point? If you're Arizona, why just play Kyler? But what, that mean, what, for a couple of snaps, just to make sure you've remembered how to take a snap, I guess? Even then, I, I don't really see the point of doing that. So preseason week two, 37, 37, 37, 35, 35, 35, 38. Then we jump to regular season week one. Listen to these, 51 and a half, 51 and a half, 50, 45, 44, 48, 43. You got none in the 20s and none in the 40s in the preseason. It's getting kind of weird out there. I think I don't, under no circumstances, do I think the unders are going to go 14 and two again, but I don't see a world where coaches are incentivized to try to score before the end of the half, which has sort of been my observation that the reason the unders are hitting is because at the end of the half, you always try to squeeze three or seven points out of a drive. Coaches are just playing it. They're just running plays. In fact, it's getting kind of weird to the point where like, why would you ever punt in the preseason? What's the point? If you can't pull off a punt from practice, who cares? Punt once. Just go for it every time. If you get seven possessions, that's seven punts, that's seven more plays. That's like a statistical. You get a 100 more plays in the preseason if you do it right. I don't, whatever. All right. So uh, I wanted to also uh, take a look at various fans. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We want to go back to rookie of the year stuff. So the way the rookie of the year lines are moving is kind of interesting. So the heavy favorite for Rookie of the Year is pretty obviously going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's plus 300, which means if you bet $100, you win 300. Followed by Justin Fields, that's a big change. Justin Fields was not in the top five. He now is. The other thing that's interesting is Mac Jones is increasingly a a heavier favorite, but he's getting jumped. So he was at one point the third or fourth favorite. Now he's the sixth favorite, if I'm counting correctly, seventh favorite. We'll pull it up. We might as well pull it up for you guys. So Mac Jones is now the seventh favorite to win Rookie of the Year, right? But his number went down. It used to be plus 1,200. Some books had it at plus 1,400. He's been jumped by Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, and Justin Fields. I have Trey Lance to win Rookie of the Year and MVP. Actually, no, excuse me. I have Trey Lance to win MVP because I always do a a favorite at a long shot. I have Matthew Stafford and Trey Lance. The Cubs won the World Series. Get off me. Anything could happen. The only thing I think that cannot happen is a non-quarterback. There are just too many quarterbacks making their debuts, and they all looked apparently really good. A couple of them are going to start out of the gate, it would appear. It's just strange to me that these numbers keep going down. Is there an offset where people think that there's one that's not going to win it? Kyle Pitts at plus 1,000. I just, I mean, how many, what would he have to do to be better than one of these quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence? So these, the rookie of the year numbers are moving to the point where it's almost not even worth... Yeah, I'm not even sure it's worth betting to be very frank with you. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any way. <clears throat> I don't think there's any way you could bet rookie of the year, MVP odds. Is something we'll talk about later in the week as well and we'll we'll start to get to more previews and as as the NFL preseason week 2 comes back around, we'll look at where all the money is going in Vegas because I think it's going to be I still haven't wagered on the preseason. I'm still scared. Maybe we'll wait till next year. But DFS, Daily Fantasy. Uh, Apparently, there's a lot of money to be made in the preseason. It can be a lot of fun, so we'll get into that on Wednesday and Thursday. Interesting to see. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow. Like, rate, review, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for hanging out.